baby. Okay, okay. Welcome back to episode 79. Wow. Of the Have We Made It Yet podcast. I don't know about you, Josh, but after episode 15, I'm like, this thing's a wrap. This thing is a wrap. After episode 50? 15, 15. 15? This, was a, this is a wrap? Yeah. Wow. We're, man, in, we're in bonus time. I we're guess. in bonus time, man. Right now, it is... What sport is that if it's bonus time? Um, basketball. That is basketball. Yeah, because you're in the bonus uh, for penalties and... And yeah. I'm not no penalties for fouls. fouls. I'm not I'm not even that that great on uh, basketball. But I mean, actually, it got interesting. Uh, you know, foreshadowing for the rest of the episode. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. If this is your first time coming onto the show or your 79th time now, again, this is the Have We Made It Yet podcast. The podcast where two creators and their guests talk about the process of making it. As always, my name is Lucas Ng, the actor portion of this podcast, and I'm joined by my co-host. Uh, Josh Young, uh, the comedian in training portion of this podcast. Dude, you need to run classes. You don't need training. Oh, well, then I probably need more training. But uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's a it's a podcast where we just want to share our experiences uh, because both Lucas and I started or Lucas started uh, like a year or so before me, focusing more on our creative pursuits. Uh, and I started comedy about 2020, 2019. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to share uh, our experiences from beginning to wherever uh, it ends and and let our listeners know what it feels like to try and make it, what that even means, and uh, the process behind the, the screen. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. And for the 79th time actually no we have a COVID episode so this is this might be the 80th time mm, actually yeah i gotta ask the question because this is literally the epitome of our podcast mr josh young have you made it yet i have not made it yet i have not made it yet but uh i have you know taken a step towards doing something more interesting i've uh for the last few weeks or so I've been working with a couple couple other comedians in Toronto to put on my own show, uh, producing uh, co-producing a show out of Dizo is how it's spelled, but it's pronounced Yo in Toronto. It's kind of like a nice fusion Vietnamese uh, food spot. And uh, yeah, the back main area looked really great for uh, kind of an aesthetic. And I thought this looks great for a show. Uh, and I wanted to put a show there, just have that look and have that feel. So, yeah, I'm putting on a show March 7th, uh, Tuesday. Uh, it's called Neon Nights uh, Comedy Night, uh, which follows by live karaoke at uh, DZO, spelled D-Z-O, pronounced Yo Viet Eatery, right across from the AGO in Toronto. Uh, when we put this episode out, uh, it might be the night of or the uh, or a week before. Who knows? I mean... It, either way, when you see this, uh, I'll have produced that show. And uh, yeah, it's a step forward uh, into seeing what that's like. Nice. And, uh, yeah. So excited about that. Uh, hopefully we sell enough tickets. But Lucas, hey, Lucas, have you made it yet? No, no, I have emphatically have not made it yet. Um, but Josh, get that producer credit, man. Love you for it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um. No, I mean, it, it's still on that same thing. Auditioning over there in my self-tape area that I tear down after every audition. And just um, 
really trying to find the energy in in doing it. It's like I'm working a pretty demanding job that like that I'm working close to like 11 p.m. close to every night, Monday to Friday, wow. and then to also like, ugh, I feel bad because then you know Vanessa, my partner, she's my reader, and so like she has to stay up to like sometimes like midnight with me, and I and I just feel bad. So something has to give, but um, I I already know what has to give, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh when you misalign your your north star with like what you actually want to do and what you are currently doing is um is what 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 you're currently doing what my job is funding that north star venture but mm. when that funding thing takes over that north star venture it's like something's got to give so trying to find that balance right there yeah. um have not made it yet but you know it's almost spring something holding out for something holding out for something mm-hmm Josh, Mr. Josh Young, we have a third panel today. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we I'm do. not sure if, no, probably people can't see, but our next guest here. Okay. You ready, Josh? Absolutely ready. Uh, that's uh, why we're here and uh, looking forward to uh, the rest of the podcast. Thanks for buying me some time. I needed to put my timer back on. Again, like many of our guests, I haven't had the chance to physically meet our next guest. But I first came across him from Deb Podowski's Acting Studios Instagram. I swear, this is like where I um, like get introduced to a bunch of our guests right now in Vancouver. He seemed like such an interesting and talented actor that I just had to speak and chat with him about his process and about how he goes about his craft. What first really drew me towards his persona was his, pers- was his honesty and earnestness. He's not flashy with his past work and self-proclaiming, but when researching him, he totally could be more flashy. He's done big shows, and his past credits include episodes of Hudson and Rex, Supernatural, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and Supergirl. It's that humble nature that I find makes him, um, that I believe makes him stand out, and to be honest, it's something admirable. Most recently, he has played Jake in the coming-of-age feature film, Golden Delicious, a film that explores Jake's identity as he comes out, and the familial relationships and friendships that are truly strengthened only by authenticity and reconciliation. The film is currently doing the festival run now, and you can be seen at a festival near you. It's my honor to introduce Cardi Wong. Woo. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, the fact that you guys packed it up for episode 15 and having me on for episode 79, just so deeply honored to be uh, such an afterthought. Thank you guys for having me on board. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. I don't even know what happened episode 15. Maybe it's too traumatic for me. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, Cardi, as we do with every guest, every episode, Mr. Cardi Wong, have you made it yet? Thank you for asking such an important question. Um, the way I've interpreted your question is I found I find that like having made it means you've kind of landed in your final destination. So in that regard, no, I haven't made it yet, but wherever I am along this stream of my uh, journey, I'm making it. I think I'm exactly where I'm meant to be in my craft and in my life right now, whether it's, you know, I don't perceive it as perfect or anything, but I know I'm supposed to be here. Nice. I hope. (laughs) I hope. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's kind of even if it's not necessarily creative like pursuits is like, that's already very rare to have in your life. You know, just feeling like, you know, that you are where you're meant to be. You're on the path that you're supposed to be. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't find that even, you know, in your twenties or your thirties. So it's always 
it's always a journey along that road. Um, I guess, when did you first start feeling like, you know, you've done enough where you feel like not only is this what I know I want to do, but now it's more real. It's, it's more like I can trust it. Yeah. I will. I've always known that I've wanted to be like in the creative kind of craft of it Mm -hmm. all. So that's, I've always, I've wanted to do it. Uh, when I finally realized that I was doing it was it'd have to be within the last like three or four years or so. Um, fortunately I went on like a pretty good run with my creative like stuff. Like, uh, even during COVID, you know, I was still so fortunate to be working and traveling for work and stuff. And, um, you know, just being able to like financially <laughs> not quite drown, drown a yeah. little bit, yeah. like, sucking in a bit of water, but like still trying to like still finding a way to kind of keep afloat. And like for myself, like that's just such a blessing. <laughs> for sure. Like, uh, you know, just, just doing research on you and everything. Um, we know that you came from the Capilano's acting program and all that stuff too. What was the initial draw that got you wanting to become an actor though? even before going into Capilano? Uh, I saw my older cousin when I was like, so young, like seven or eight years old. He did like a play for his high school and he was the lead and he was Rumpelstiltskin. (laughs) He he played the little troll who, um, you know, if he said his name, he like exploded or something, whatever it is. But like seeing him on stage, seeing him perform, seeing him have so much fun, like it like kind of like, I don't know, just like made my heart burst that day. And since then, I was like, whatever that is, I want to do it. So then, yeah, I, I signed up for like drama eight in high school and everything. And um, that's just kind of the only thing that I wanted to do. I was pretty yeah. stubborn in that regard. Um, yeah, I was pretty I was pretty shitty in school. Like um, all the academics, I just couldn't. You couldn't pay me enough to sit there. But then like, right. boom, do a tableau of a soccer player. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's just how I kind of crafted it. I just kind of followed where I had the most fun. Unfortunately, it's been working out. Wow. Dude, that's a core memory from seven to eight. Like there's this classic saying, it takes decades of years to be an overnight success. And like, you've been at this, this core memory opened you up at like age seven. But ever since then, it's been constantly working towards that, that end goal that you have. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like, cause my, my childhood was kind of chaotic and chaotic and I was like in flux. So with art and creating, that was kind of the only avenue that I felt like I can like direct it in a way. You know what I mean? Love How was that uh, first time on stage for you then uh, when you like got that first role in, in either drama eight or or in high school yeah. where it's like, so you nervous. know, so nervous. <laughs> yeah. So freaking nervous. I actually didn't very much like Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, I didn't I didn't make the play in grade eight. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's pretty devastating. But uh, then grade nine came around and that's when they're like, all right, we, this kid won't leave us alone. Let's just put him in our play. And yeah, so it, it felt, I mean, yeah, so nerve wracking, but also so fun, I guess, having mm-hmm. like a, a bigger, wider audience kind of react to the things I was doing, whether it be laughing or whatever. It's just, uh, I mean, it's just the, it's just magical. I don't even know you know, energy, like when you can like feel energy from like distances away, you don't know what they yeah. look like. You don't know what they yeah. like, but you can like feel the reception of it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
Josh, that's like similar to how you experienced like the wave of applause and clapping and at your show at the CBC theater in terms of like the energy feeling and all that. I Yeah. I feel like in terms of comedians, like you're looking for the laugh, you're looking for kind of taking the audience on, on a journey to your punchline or to your point. Um, so I can definitely feel how like the energy is the intoxicating part. Um, mm. Interestingly enough, like for dramatic actors or for actors, like you have both sides where it's either like you get the positive laughing energy from it or you get that more emotional dramatic like kind of um introspective or like dramatized emotions is like cardi i I don't know if you've um had a chance to experience both ends of that kind of spectrum or like which one you might have preferred uh or felt more impactful from having like the audience laugh or the audience cry uh, I'll answer that. And then after that, Josh, I would love to hear your first experience like doing stand-up after, sure. after, after I'm done. Um, laughter or crying. I, I, well, in Deb's class, you know, I, you do, that's kind of where you get the chance to like perform theatrically. That's when you're like kind of on stage. Um, so during that time, I found the most, m- most invigorating would probably be when you can get a laugh. Mm. Because with comedies, that's when the energy and the tempo, you know, it kind of helps dictate how it how it's going. Right. If you do it like, you know, your your ultimate joke and you just hear like tumbleweeds, then you're like, this is not going ideal. <laughs> so yeah, I would say like laughter really. Um I I don't do as many comedies in film and TV. Mm-hmm. I probably just because I'm I psych myself out and I'm trying too hard to be funny or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm but like um I like most dramatic actors would say that like being devastated and being sad is um is is easier. Mm. Just more like of a universal thing that everyone can relate to. Whereas being right. funny, man, what a what a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, because I guess it's kind of like when you're being dramatic on stage or in a performance, it's like you're not expecting a specific reaction from the audience. Like if they're quiet or if they're just, you know, in engaged <laughs> in the scene, they're not gonna do much. Like you don't know if yeah. they're like gonna do or say anything. Like they'll just be watching you. But in comedy on stage, if you're expecting a laugh and it's not there, it's like you 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 just standing there on stage, it's like, oh I fucked that up. Uh what do <laughs> yeah. I what do I do now? Uh, I go on to the next joke or make a joke about how I fucked up. But it's like um, it can definitely be nerve wracking, uh, especially like if it's your first time on stage and like you write these jokes, you prep all these jokes. You're not necessarily sure. Like, sure, you like you work with your friends, uh, maybe just to see if they work. But in front of an audience, you don't necessarily know until, unless you have a very, you know, good sense of of comedy humor and timing like this this is funny to me I know this will work um so the first time I did comedy I took kind of like a class it was like a more of like an intensive type of like um coaching class where it was run by two local comedians and um I liked it better than kind of a structured second city um environment because it felt more like shooting the shit and just having that kind of one-on-one attention and like being able to go on stage in a comedy club and be familiar with the surrounding and then after all these weeks of working through jokes with comedians they give you you know advice or like tags or you know changes to a certain parts of your jokes where you feel more confident doing it uh and then when i went on stage it was like a 
good audience because everybody in the class brought their friends and family out. So everybody was kind of like forgiving in a way or like they're ready there to support their friends. Um, so when I went on stage and I started doing my routine, it's like at first, like I knew I was always kind of funny with friends, but I wasn't confident I could write a joke. But then after doing the class and like seeing my material written out and structured and like planned out and then performing it and then getting good results and like good laughs out of it, like that definitely was very encouraging. Um, and it really validated the fact that it's like, oh, I am funny. I can write a joke. I'm doing this and it's working. So it's like, mm-hmm. this is something I could do. Um, yeah. But then, of course, if it's like you don't know what you're doing, you go up there and then you bomb and fuck up that can be tra- uh, traumatic that can be traumatizing to the point where like s- comedians will just not do it again or aspiring comedians <laughs> yeah. will just not do it again um did you ever have one of those kind of like feelings where it's like you feel like in the beginning or at a certain point like you felt like you fucked up <laughs> during acting it's like oh i don't want to do this again man man that question's so early on josh hot oh, damn man <laughs> well, <laughs> going with the flow going with the flow well, i i really appreciate crazy questions like that yeah my first audition i was like my first tv audition was like for psych or something and i was like 40 minutes late to my first audition what yeah i was so goddamn late i was like yeah oh 10 minutes that should be fine to get from burnaby to wherever and i'm like so the whole time i'm sitting in traffic and i'm like literally so panicked i'm like yelling like fuck i'm like squeezing the wheel and then yeah. like <laughs> over and the lady beside me like she obviously saw it happening but she was just kind of like this to herself <laughs> i'm like okay okay maybe i should maybe i should grab myself a bit and then i went in there did the audition i isolated with my name is cardi wong and i will be performing the role of the like as if i was like gonna do like a theatrical like singing interpretation of the role yeah yeah i got there i'm like wow that's like such a brutal way to introduce myself into like actual professional film and tv and then um yeah i also did a little bit of improv uh, as well when i was a bit mm-hmm. younger so i had that exact thing where no one laughed and everyone was uncomfortable and i'm like but i'm ready i think i'm ready to try again in improv and in that regard so nice. we'll see where that goes. So, i'm thinking of taking some classes at tightrope theater oh just up the, up the way right yeah, yeah. If you're ever interested, yeah, 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 definitely. yeah. I want to get back into it. I think it'd be sweet. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we were just talking like briefly about you know like your like on film and TV kind of stuff and everything like that. But I've also realized you've also done some like voice work and also with yeah. like Braxton at, at Supernatural Academy. I was wondering like yeah. for aspiring people who might want to go into voiceover work and everything. Uh, did you have to take extra training to like boost up your, your, your voice and materials and all that stuff? Or what was your preparation process oh, for that? Dude, I like, I've never felt more imposter syndrome than when I booked a uh, supernatural Academy. Yeah. I, like, Cause mo- up until then, you know, I had, I had done like a really small parts in random TV shows for voiceover, but like mm-hmm. that was like a full series regular. Yeah. I haven't even done a full series regular in film and TV yet to that, you know, degree. Wow. So that was my first real series reg and then i look at the cast list and it's like all these like notable vancouver behemoths like like vincent tong everyone there like brian drummond and i'm like wow i don't know how i tricked these guys into it um yeah and so i just kind of went with my gut instinct you know you just kind of like over you just kind of over dramatize it and then the director kind of helped me along as well 
Uh, I kind of wish that we were all in the same room together mm. because we feel it's kind of in the, in the meat of COVID. Right. So we all went in separately. And can you imagine being with all these people and like, just like stealing all of their material and all their talent and for using sure. it for yourself and claiming <laughs> the credit for yourself? How amazing would that have been? Yeah. 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 I, I really wish I could have been in the room with everybody, but yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, and, and then watching it back, I'm like, that's not my voice, is it? You can't really hear your own voice because of like how it vibrates in your brain or something. Mm-hmm. So it was just a crazy, crazy experience. Yeah, the thing I find interesting is like when you do have notable actors, actresses who mm-hmm. um, uh, do voiceover for certain shows or cartoons or, or animated uh, like adult animation, I do feel like they, the uh, sound engineers like pitch up or pitch down their voices. Like it, yeah. it it'll get morphed and changed uh, to yeah. kind of like fit that, that element. So, I mean, definitely like I hear a lot like voiceover actors It's even in like CGI heavy movies. It's like, if you're just acting by yourself to like um, a ball or like a green That's screen exactly. type of thing, mm-hmm. it's like, and you're not with other actors. It's like, is this, is this what I signed up for? It's like, I, I signed because I like the energy of acting with someone and it's like having to get used to, used to all yeah. of that. Um, have you, have you felt like that kind of experience made you more appreciative of kind of acting with people? Or is, is that also something where it's like, oh, this is new. I think I can adapt to that. It's like cool. in the future is, is something I could definitely take on. Yeah, I just feel like especially it was my first time around at it. Mm. It would have been really nice to understand how how we all collectively like, I mean, when I first came on, I didn't even know the art style. I didn't know what my character mm, really right. looked like, True. you know, so it is going in like pretty blind. Right. So, I mean, I just hope it gets picked up for a second season. I have no idea what's going on. Probably. I don't know. You know, yeah. my shows, everything keeps getting canceled. So <laughs> my hopes, hopes are uh, hopes are dim. But yeah, um, I think I'm more prepared to do it now. Okay. I wish I had that opportunity. Mm, For sure. Dude, fingers crossed for you, man. That's going to be awesome. Thanks. Um, (laughs) Thanks. No problem. Yeah, speaking of cancellations and everything, like even down to my whole Netflix is now canceled because I used to share it with my parents. Can't do it anymore. That's some bullshit, man. Yeah. And my friend friend brought up a really good point. Uh, He was saying that every other streaming service is going to use Netflix as like a kind of like a measuring, you know what I mean? So if they can pull this off and have individual, whatever is like everyone else is going to do it. So I was like, okay, let's just get away from Netflix for a bit. Yeah, man. It's a bad precedent to be set, man. Bad precedent. It is. It really is. Like so much of this industry is like so dominated by like money value and stuff. And like, but I guess an interesting you know, element of that is like Netflix is doing that in order to like, you know, increase revenue, which I guess essentially kind of helps the industry if you're an actor or or, or an actress looking for work, because then technically the people who are like giving you jobs have more money. So maybe that's a that's a bit of a, you know, conflicting experience as a consumer. It's like, what is this crap? But as like uh, hey, yeah, as an yeah. actor, it's like, well, maybe I get a job that's yeah that's a good point i never never really thought yeah. of it like that i just don't trust a multi-billion dollar company is ever going to trickle down and actually yeah, help the artists yeah, yeah true, yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. but if they're listening you know i'm, I'm totally for it I'm big yeah yeah <laughs> subscribe to everything netflix plus and netflix super ultra 
I love your capitalistic voice. Super ultra. <laughs> <That's laughs> yeah, yeah. Netflix plus. Yeah, for like, this recorder like, sounds like a good deal. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're in a suit. Just like, uh, revenue, uh, income, <laughs> net income. Uh, Must get stocks. my business case, stocks and portfolios. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let, let's get into the meat of it. Let's get into Golden Delicious there. That wasn't it's... the meat. I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no, all that was fluff. Don't worry about it. Um, mm-hmm. All right. In previous interviews, you had mentioned that this movie were for the ones that didn't fit in, for the ones who like didn't fit inside the box and all that. Was that overall theme of not fitting in something that resonated with you and what attracted you to the film? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, for sure. I think growing up as like a um, as like an Asian boy in an industry where I'm trying to act, it's like not not only are you not really like thriving as who you are because mm-hmm. of how things are portrayed, blah, blah, blah. But like as an Asian actor, I felt like I had to fit into everyone else's idea of what an Asian token Asian actor is. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. all, everything I was doing was just merely to survive based on yeah. everyone's expectation of myself. I have to be funny. I have to be goofy. I have to be this and that. I have to. It's not that I wanted to. So in that regard, yeah, I, I related to Jake a lot. Um, yeah, growing up, I also had like a really deep strain with my father as well mm-hmm. in, in regards to like not being able to communicate properly and him brushing everything off as like a stern Asian man. So yeah, yeah. And then the girlfriend aspect, you know, all these different people just pulling Jake in every direction. I understood that, I think. And maybe that like was just like habitually in me. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, you, you, you talk about, like identities of of duty of things that you have to do and everything like that and that that same thing you just said like really resonated with me because there are like a, a lot of like well not a lot but there are asian centric shows that are focused on the asian experience such as like kung fu and all that stuff but like um yeah i, I just feel like like this movie and this character really had like a a true like coming of age story in the digital age where it, it didn't need to have like us fighting in a, in a restaurant kitchen to, to resolve family dynamics and everything like that, you know, yeah. like, like yeah. where you have in like Kung Fu where physical violence kind of overrides that type of um, dramatic talk that you would have with your father or with your girlfriend or with your partners and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it does. It does also have like elements of like family restaurant too. But like that's for my sister's arc and my, you know mm-hmm. my dad's arc. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were pretty conscious not to like shove those ideas down like everyone's throats, kind of thing. Like these are just like subconsciously those are the those are the dynamics and like bumps along the way that that um that we were all focusing on. But yeah, we mainly mainly wanted to focus on what it's like as an adolescent in this day and age when like tech and stuff is just like right away you're gonna know these things right yeah and you know our our um our 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 images on instagram and stuff is like so important because that's how all how anyone identifies you if they don't know you like yeah the core right yeah it was um yeah and it felt like it resonated with a lot of like the younger generation and hopefully it kind of inspires them to um be more confident and brave in their own being and stuff yeah it really feels like society and life moves is moving at a rate that's like so fast everything's changing so much and like just even figuring out um remembering what it was like for like me in high school 
just the differences already. It's like seeing how this next next generation has to has to live is just it's hard to imagine. I wonder then for you. Um, I don't know like exactly how, how old you are. I, I'm assuming like late late twenties, early thirties, or, or something like that. But somewhere in that, yeah, <laughs> somewhere in that range. Somewhere, but, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, we're we're all Asian. We nobody can really nobody can really tell. We can play the, the whole spectrum yeah. of the the age range, but, you, but but you can see the sadness in our faces. Like it's there. <laughs> That's the ballpark <laughs> age. Oh so, yeah, yeah. It's 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 just years of like not being able to fully communicate with your family, just the hollowness in the eyes, but the skin is still good. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, in terms of the kind of like playing a a high school uh, senior and like being transported kind of back to your age at that point, but then also now in this current environment is like, how did you find that job of like combining those two? experiences like what's familiar to you but then also what should be familiar to this generation but is also foreign to you (laughs) yeah i know i know that same year you know you talk about age and like what we can play like that same year i played jake who's in high school and then i played like some dad in some christmas movie (laughs) exact Mm -hmm. same year so i was like that's when i was like okay no one knows what's going on anymore (laughs) i'm just gonna pretend age doesn't exist when i'm auditioning yeah um but yeah it was so cool to transport back because now I can see all the systematic things that were going on back then mm-hmm. that I was only a mere cog in, you know what I mean? So that whole experience of shooting that thing, like Josh has like, um, like a high schooler, it felt like I can kind of go back in time and just soothe, soothe that inner child or that inner teenager a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I even like in, in my process of like, I wrote a little letter back to myself like thanking, thanking Cardi, young Cardi for doing what he had to do to survive and get me to where I am now. So that was a very, very spiritual experience for myself. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, that's, that's great to hear. And if anything, like being able to see that on the screen, like that, that should like help translate that kind of empathy um, on the yeah. screen. So it's like, yeah, if it's like, it would be interesting for, for me, if that opportunity ever comes up for me in the future, just to be like, you know, try to transport yourself um, into those different, different uh, characters and opportunities for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, dude, that's, that's like what my therapist had previously said, like write a letter to your, to your younger self to, mm. to not like lambast them, but it's like, they have brought you to where you are right now and to give them the love and support that you may have not have had prior at those stages and yeah that's beautiful what you did for your preparation so deeply ingrained in us you know our our child work and stuff so like when you can like pull it out again and make it like bring it out and just like yeah it's just like an emotionally emotionally crazy crazy thing to go through yeah um yeah you touched briefly upon about identity and, and how you relate to jake and everything but one thing i found interesting about golden delicious and your role as jake is it's a story about like identity and expectations built upon those different relationships um of course jake may have different identities when he relates to his dad valerie and also alex too but what was your cardi what was your identity and an identification identification point with jake huh. it was yeah, it was just never really, 
it was always feeling like something because you know J- jake jake is um he he's gay but he doesn't know it yet until his sexual awakening right <laughs> so for myself and how i identify with jake it was always just knowing that something was a little off mm-hmm. yes yeah, some, something always felt a little uncomfortable or like upsetting and it, it isn't until jake meets alex that like the the colors <clears throat> the colors in his life kind of like get a little bolder in a way <laughs> we when we were doing the process of shooting it um you know we worked with intimacy coordinators and and we talked about like when it happens for jake and the way i described it is um if you guys have ever seen ratatouille when he yeah. first bites, yeah, when he first bites into the cheese or whatever, and then like colors kind of fly above him, oh. and then he mixes it with this. So that was kind of the um, imagery imagery that I went with, yeah, for for Jake and um, his his thing. So, um, but yeah, for for me, the the colors really came out when it was like the stuff once again, like uh, his his confrontation scene with his dad, and mm-hmm. and saying all these like deep things that he's never said before, and finally being able to say it and finding his voice above all else you know i think it's the most important thing is to say how you feel especially when you're like you're trembling and yeah. in my age right now that's what i'm learning how to do oh my god um josh did you have anything you wanted to add on that oh um well i i feel like anybody can really relate to that element whether it's in personal or like you know professional settings where you feel like there's a pressure on you not to say certain things or things you want to say, but, or want to express, but it's just, uh, it doesn't feel like the right time. Or it's like, there isn't an opening for you to do it or to express it. And yeah, like the whole colors, feeling colors thing. I feel like just being able to find somebody that you can trust to be yourself with, or whether it's, you know, a partner or like good friends uh, and stuff like that. It's like, that's something I feel like more and more people nowadays are, are really trying to, to figure out. And, um, and that kind of experience is, you know, you can, you can see that in reflection in like movies or in terms of, you know, comedy, like as a way of like finding that kind of uh, escape or that kind of outlet. Um, is that something where it's like, you feel like you find the most fulfillment out of, uh, out of acting or out of what, your current pursuits are like finding the community kind of thing chosen family yeah or it's yeah it's like being able to reflect that onto on the screen or like give that you know feeling to to people uh when they view your performances um do you do you find that as like a motivator or like something that is like becoming more like a, a driving factor for you yeah, I think it it also depends on like project to project, you know. Mm-hmm. Golden Delicious for sure. Golden Delicious yeah. I want to reflect what it's like to grow up as like a black sheep or whatever and but then mm-hmm. like, you know, fully love and respect yourself. But if I'm doing like a Hallmark movie or a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. I just want you to like, yeah, whatever, just have fun. Merry Christmas, yeah. whatever. Um yeah. It, it yeah, it differs from project to project. Um there's also a selfish part of me where I want to do projects where I get more fulfillment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. like it's still, it's still i still want to work on my craft and like see how far i can really push my bounds of who i yeah. perceive to be like when can i play the next thing that i can't even recognize myself on 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 um, you know on screen and that's yeah that's the awesome part about this business it's not very 
consistent. There's not really too mm-hmm. much rhyme or reason to it, right? So you can be doing one thing one day, and then all of a sudden you're a dad in a Christmas movie. Yeah. Crazy. Is there is there like a style of role that is like you haven't done yet, but you really would love to do, love the opportunity to do? I would love to play like a therapist or a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I now I don't I think I know why. I think it's because of like the use of like language or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm ready to kind of yeah, I'm ready to kind of see myself in more of that in that um situation or circumstance or you know i'm never gonna really do it but playing like crazy sociopath people would be pretty awesome too yeah but, the like playing playing a villain i hear like a lot a lot of actors say it's like playing a villain can be some of the most fun roles to do because like you get to just you know be the bad guy yeah for sure but um just throughout <laughs> my life yeah because Lucas you described like my earnest whatever whatever and I'm like people say that about my acting all the time how (laughs) earnest how how sad I look (laughs) so I don't know if I could really like uh, do that yet but who knows who knows maybe the right maybe the right problem you have range man you literally played a high school student and a dad in the same year like you got range Cardi you you can be the Jack Nicholson and departed yeah dude yeah Jack. um I, I did want to talk about this one thing just because like this is one of your yes this is in my opinion like one of your most high profile films and it's your it, your lead in in golden delicious and everything like that and then that comes with responsibilities and expectations and all that stuff too uh you had mentioned before in previous interviews that you had bouts of like self-doubt and just the overall nature of the long days because you were the lead. You had the most filming to do. For someone who may out there who have aspirations to be a lead, how did you first overcome that self-doubt? But also, how did you help to avoid burnout? Uh, I definitely burned out. Like, you know, it's it's, it's kind of hard not to. But um, <clears throat> how did I get over the self-doubt? I guess I just had to do it. <laughs> Yeah. I just had to fucking do it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of had the mantra like, um, you can't really go around the problem. You kind of have to go through the problem. And it's not that shooting as a lead is like a problem, but it is the the thing I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just. I also try to always like dissolve, dissolve intrusive thoughts. Whenever mm-hmm. I have them, I immediately try to like reflex, like dissolve, gone kind of thing it doesn't work all the time but it does help sometimes yeah um you know it is really tough because we we we're in covid we're doing covid covid's doing crazy shit bonnie henry's trying her best and then all of a sudden i'm 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 under the microscope as the kid in the poster and i'm you know like people are coming to the premiere everyone everyone is kind of like looking at me after the performance or before the performance right so in my head, I'm like, do I look older to you? Like, do I look sadder? Do you know something about how I'm feeling that I don't? Yeah. So I have like tons, tons and tons of self-image issues about that. Yeah. I had a lot of doubt about that. But then, um, you know, fortunately, like it's been received pretty warmly, right? Mm-hmm. And even for myself watching like previous cuts and all that, like um, I was able to fool myself. I was able to see Jake up there versus me doing the process of being Jake. So I knew that that's 
And I mean, I'm in so many frames of the movie. Like if you're trying to be critical of every 99% of the movie, like that's impossible. You're going to, you're going to wear yourself thin. Yeah. And then yeah, with burnout, the love and support of my cast and crew, fortunately, just like got, got, got me through the day. So, I mean, I couldn't have done it without Jason, Kristen, all the people who are, who are backing the film. Incredible. Um, it, it's funny. One of my former studios, um, I used to work at Kickstart and, uh, Kristen Stilling was one of the people that I worked with on on no the way. show that we were on. So when she was like, "Oh, I'll be going to Austin. I'll be going to this film fest." I was yeah, like, "Oh, yeah. cool. That's reminiscent of the Golden Delicious uh, festival circuit right now." And then yeah. I found out that she was with your director and also with you yeah. too. So small world, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, Kristen was awesome on set because um, you know Jason, as the creative director, like wanted to make sure we got everything. But in the indie budget, you don't you don't have that. <laughs> you don't have that. So like there there would be a day where like we're at the panic, we have like two minutes left, and Jason's like, all right, can we just can we just shoot this disco ball? Just set up a frame. We're gonna shoot this disco ball or transition. And Kristen's like, if we don't get this shot, we don't have the scene. <laughs> that was that was another pressure that was that was put on myself, obviously. Because oh, you know, the whole crew around you is like, you know, God bless them. Like they're running around trying to get it done, and I just have to like stay locked in and yeah it was awesome like so many experience points for me to do this movie you know yeah and and coming out of it now that like you finished the first kind of lead role experience for yourself like is there a piece of advice you would have given to yourself at the beginning of uh of starting the production that it's like man this this is if i knew this this would have helped me yeah I just, I just can't really see it going any other way than how it honestly did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I can't imagine it, but I would say like you, you have some Liberty to maybe take it off the page a little bit mm-hmm. or try different lines. You know, you, you, you film these scenes so many times that the lines for myself, maybe just got a bit robotic. Yeah. Maybe during this time I can just try something else. So that yeah. they have the option. I, I would have I would have taken a bit more creative liberty, I think. But that yes. always happens. So, you know, you always do these movies and then you're like, oh, I should have done that. And that happens every all the time, right? <laughs> awesome. Um, and, and just lastly, one one major thing like I just saw on your IMDB there. Dude, you got an award for this film. Mm-hmm. Best feature film actor at the Toronto Real World Festival. Yeah. Getting recognition, I, I I know it. It, it I don't know. I, I it would be a really big deal for me uh, if if I were ever to get an award. But I know some actors are like, you know, it's not about awards. I do it for the craft and everything. But how did that feel for you after all the work that you put into it and getting the recognition that you really deserve? How did it feel? I was like, um, yeah. Yeah, it felt it felt awesome. I, I couldn't be there for the taping or whatever, but you know, everyone was was pretty stoked on it. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, you know, as I was saying before, like growing up as a as an Asian man in this industry, I don't want to pop out too much. I just want to, you know, glide along and just barely fit in. So I was like telling myself, like before the movie was done, I'm like, okay, if I win any awards, whatever, keep it cool, keep it whatever, keep it light. It's for the ensemble, it's for the movie, it's for the creative team. And so I won that award. I was like, nice. And then later on, we win another ensemble award. I'm like, nice. And then I didn't win the uh, best actor. I was like, what? 
Like, how dare they not fucking see the, what I've done for you? I've given you everything. And I'm like, wait, that's not, <laughs> that's backwards to what I was trying to do. So yeah, there'll always be that kind of competitive part of me that will want every single accolade, but without, without wanting it, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll it's confusing. Blame it, man. Get that beer league hockey mentality, man. Number one, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Div E, like over 30s league. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do have to learn to just sit in the comfort of being in the spotlight in that regard. You know, I went to a lot of different kind of festivals and I was like so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so desperately uncomfortable because I, I like noticed people look at me and stuff. I guess that's just the name of the game after a certain certain point, you know. Man, and spotlight is yours, baby. It's there for Thank the taking, you. man. You got this, man. <laughs> um, we could literally go on for hours, Cardi, but this was incredible. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Really yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you both very much for having me. It was it was awesome. Thank you. A great way to start my morning. Thank you. Oh, incredible. Um, Josh, you ready for going into uh, Would You Rather? Yes, absolutely. Um, for new listeners or recurring listeners, uh, at the end of our podcast, we usually like to play a little, you know, fun, light game. Uh, before we used to do kind of word association. Uh, now we're going to tr- change it up a bit with uh, would you rather questions just to, you know, get to know our guests a little bit in a different uh, in a different setting, just throw some curveballs in out there. So I'll give you, Cardi, my would you rather uh, I actually really kind of like find this uh, an interesting one because I kind of just came across it on uh, social media. But question is, yeah. would you rather mm-hmm. get married to the person you first had sex with or you lost your virginity to or okay. do your first job for the rest of your life? What was my first job? Oh, I worked at like Swiss Chalet or something as like a food packer. <laughs> and I had to wear a hairnet and I hated that. Um, the first person I had sex with, implying that I'm not a virgin. Yeah, I'm I'm still pretty good friends with um with this person, actually. So we 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 chat from time to time. And I mean, you know, marriage might help with like paying rent. <laughs> so yeah, I'd rather get married, man. I, I can't I can't pack food and have deal with angry servers or angry people for the rest of my life. And also Swish LA is not even like a franchise anymore. So I just be in some like empty lot. <laughs> Marriage. Lock it in. All right. That that's that's your answer, Cardi. Um well, Lucas, what would you rather do? Yeah. Um my first job. Uh, I was a landscaper. So dude, I was out in the depending on the weather i was i was out the whole time mm. and i had a fucking blast just like setting up sprinkler systems um, <laughs> but but like my first real job was kfc and that was the absolute worst so depends which one you decide is my first job because i don't want to go back to my ex mm. <laughs> yeah yeah they're listening now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's probably for the well, which one did you choose josh uh that's it's interesting um my first job was like delivering paper, like, yeah, you know, the yeah. paper boy, that kind of newspaper, that kind of stuff. I'm not going to lie. If that was kind of like my job and it was like enough to like live off of, like now I'm realizing being able to be active outdoors, uh, just being able to do something kind of physical. That's actually surprisingly nice compared yeah. to like 
nine to five kind of stuck in in kind of like on your screen type of job so i mean nothing you know against my first uh ex either um i think i just know that like in terms of i'm starting to realize like if you know you you choose who you want to spend the rest of your life with is like it's really important and you definitely want to make sure that you are compatible and if you're not compatible then it's not good for either of you so so it's it's like i guess i'll take uh i'll take the paper route and even though that's a dying industry so you know (laughs) it is what it is first job gang let's go not going backwards. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Take half <Dude>. my shit. <laughs> um, it's funny you mentioned about the uh, the hairnet because before self-tapes became a thing, like I was working at a grocery market, like cutting fruit trays so that I could like go back and forth around town in Toronto to go to auditions. And the damn hairnet, man, so itchy all damn day. It's... Yeah. It's, it's the worst. Ugh. Um. All right. All right. Are, are you ready for this? Would you rather? Hit me. Okay. Okay. Cardi, would you rather lose all the money you've earned this year or lose all of the memories you've gained this year? Oh, wow. Dang. Well, it's been pretty slow. So, you know, losing zero dollars is just too bad. Um, oh, man, money is just so stupid. Um, I'm going to bet on myself and lose the money. I'm going to bet on myself and lose the money and just hope the rest of the year goes well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even know if the memories. Yeah, it's it's I'm definitely going through a transitionary stage in my life, too. So mm-hmm. like I'm learning lots. So. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep my memories. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep my memories, keep this train going and then have no money this year. <laughs> nice. It's only February, you man. You got this. Yeah, it's yeah, only February. Yeah, mm-hmm. is is that the the uh, literally just these two months? I, I yeah, I realized after saying that literally. Uh, let's do for twenty twenty two. Uh dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Screw it. I don't remember twenty twenty two. Just give me back my money. <laughs> the whole golden delicious experience and the stuff. Like, forget everything I said today in the podcast. Just give me my money back. <laughs> I want a refund. <laughs> yeah. So 2022 was a good year then for you. Um I guess in terms of like memories for me for 2022 there were like great highs but then uh there were some pretty you know equal lows. So yeah. I guess I would still kind of keep the memories cuz it's it's like there was new experiences um emotionally it was it felt new. Uh, going through certain things so you know the money stuff is like it's if you're if you're you know working kind of a day job and and the money's there it it doesn't feel like sometimes you know you might get stuck in in your routine of it and it's like is the money even worth it when you're not necessarily satisfied in like say what you're doing all the time where then it's like the memories and the emotional experiences are more valuable and, and more um, influential. So I guess I would keep the money. <clears throat> oh, so sorry. No, no, no. I <laughs> <those> memories. 
I got confused. <laughs> bro, my heart said memories, but my my mind was like, no, keep the money. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Portfolio and stocks. That was weird. That was actually weird. I had a whole like split of of my experience right there. Lucas, what 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 would you choose? <laughs> Um, yeah, dude, I, I, I was writing this and I, uh, but just because 2022 was like the major transition year mm. for, for myself and my partner, like we, we moved across the country, moved from Toronto to back to Vancouver. Yeah. A, a lot of good came with that. Like, um, but a lot of like hard shit also came with that too. And like money is always an issue. Um, you, you know, like money I'll make back. Uh, uh, we're still young ish we'll, we'll make it back but i definitely learned a lot about myself this past year and uh mm-hmm. i'll hold on to that because those life lessons were hard earned man so mm. i don't want them to go away just because i wanted to keep eighty thousand. like mm. there's no point there's no point mm. oh man i hate to end it off on that note that sounds so <laughs> oh, okay so, so if you can if you can go back on the year, Lucas, and give yourself one piece of advice before this whole transition. What, just like what, what might you say to yourself? Uh, just, just one piece. Uh, two piece. We'll say whatever you want. Ten pieces. Fuck it. Okay. A piece. A piece. KFC special deal. <laughs> Dude, Popeyes does those boxes the best. Um, Popeyes here. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would. Um, like, of course, have have a goal. Uh, but be willing to have all those goals be gone in a second. Like just literally, if I can condense it down to one sentence, like be willing to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Plan the very best you can, but at the same time, be willing to maneuver, readapt, and navigate it through because things never turn out the way that you expect them to, but they they might be better if you are willing to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Expectations, man. Expectations can really. really yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, I don't want to. Okay. We're leading down a slightly depressive uh, line, but it's like. Oh, good job with, would you rather guys now? <laughs> now we're all looking at our bank accounts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, that just reminds me of the, that, that one line from um, uh, Ted Lasso where it's like, it's the hope that kills you. But that was kind of more of a foil to in the oh. end we're into more of a hopeful message, but sometimes it is the hope that kills you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Cool. Oh, well, great episode. Um, <laughs> one of the best. I, I, dude, I, I know Cardi, we haven't met in person and everything like that, but dude, this was incredible. And if this was our first meeting, if we want to quantify that, it was, yeah, yeah. thank you. It was incredible. Thank you so much. I'm just down the hall, man. So you let me know. I actually might have to leave the apartment because my girlfriend is having people over. So, oh I yeah. <laughs> well, I got so I can't even hang out anyway. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, Cardi, where can people find you? What are your handles? Uh, where am I? Who am I anymore? On uh, Nextopia, I used to be. <laughs> um, no, um, Instagram. Instagram is at Cardi Wrong. Twitter is underscore Cardi Wong um that's that's mostly it if if anyone ever wants to hang out or talk or something i'll be around there nice uh people can follow you for your like your beer pong skills like you just throw (laughs) things in the cups it's like 
pretty fucking cool. So <laughs> I just so much time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, Josh, where, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Josh Young comedy uh handle across everything um and of course uh, if you like what you hear coming out of my mouth uh you can also listen to my sleep podcast called sleep with josh where i read random you know boring dry material uh to help you go to sleep so you can uh go ahead and sleep with josh by listening to sleep with josh uh podcast yeah and lucas what are your handles uh, I'm just basically on Instagram, so everyone can find me at Lucas John Ng. Again, that last name was just two letters: N for Nancy, G for golf. Yeah, I've always been envious of people who've had vowels in their last names. So, you guys yeah. have vowels. Not bad, man. Not bad. Yeah. Um, if you I, like what you see and hear, you can follow us at HWMIY Podcast. Be it on all the social media channels. Um, Instagram is that handle, but for Facebook, it's have we made it yet podcast uh we're on google play youtube spotify wherever so please i hate to say this but smash that subscribe button we need those followers so come on smash us guys smash <laughs> us <laughs> yeah in smash the link us. below in the link you know <laughs> whatever in the below yeah. exactly awesome let's give it up one more time for cardi here thank you so much this has been incredible Thank you both. Thank you both for having me on. Thank you for your candid answers. And uh, yeah, super happy to be here. Thank you. Rock on, bro. All right. See you all in however many weeks time because this is now sporadic now. (laughs) Yeah. See you. See you when we see you. (laughs) Peace. Bye bye.